If you were able to snag tickets to the Taylor Swift Eras Tour after the Ticketmaster debacle, consider yourself one of the lucky ones. I unfortunately did not get my hands on any tickets, but I may be selling my soul to StubHub in the future. We'll have to see about that. But good thing we have something called T-Swift Dance Parties to hold us over and to get our Taylor fix and our energy and our passion for her music out on the dance floor. Today, I chat with Victoria Morton. She is a good friend of mine, but she's also a marketer and a Taylor Swift fan who has founded and led the charge for these Taylor Swift dance parties all over Canada. And it started with just one event and people wanted more. And she's been at this for a few years hosting these parties. And today I get to chat with her about how it's all gone down, how she's planned them, how she's built a community of Taylor Swift fans, and just what the energy is like at these parties. I'm waiting for the day that I can go to one. She also shares the story of a time or two, actually, when Taylor Swift herself acknowledged T-Swift dance parties on TikTok. This is a really great episode and lots of great lessons on community building. So let's get into it. Welcome to Making the Brand, the podcast where marketing and pop culture collide. I'm your host, Brianne Fleming. I can't wait to chat about brands, boy bands, and everything in between. Because brands who have a pulse on pop culture can create adoring fans of their own. Welcome back to the Making the Brand podcast. I have another Swifty on today's episode. I'm chatting with the co-founder of T-Swift Dance Parties of Canada, Victoria Morton. Welcome to the show, Victoria. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. Excited to be here. So good to see you. So it seems self-explanatory, but in your own words, as someone that's behind the scenes and also at these events, can you tell us what is a T-Swift Dance Party and how many of these events have you hosted across Canada so far? Well, I think exactly as you said, how it sounds self-explanatory. It's it's a Taylor Swift dance party. It has Taylor Swift music and a lot of it. So I hope you like her. And, you know, we always try to elevate it beyond that, though. So so essentially, it is like a club night that's themed. But we have to, like to always add in special elements. Like we've become well-known for some sort of sassy signs. Or we have these big Jake Gyllenhaal heads that come out with bottle service. Or we've had, like video clips from other popular TV shows weaved in with her music. So we, it's, it's a party in honor of Taylor Swift, but we also like to add in fun elements. And also there's a bit of a community aspect to it that's kind of grown organically beside it. And then as for how many, it's this weekend, actually, we hosted our 50th in Winnipeg. And so we've hosted 51 parties now, and we have nine more currently planned on the way. That is a huge milestone. So I love I love those little elements, the Jake Gyllenhaals and like the little touches like that. Do you also stream the music videos on the screen when you can? I think I've seen some of that. Yeah, sometimes. So we have like a a general all Taylor loop that's not just music videos, but that's just fun clips that kind of goes throughout the night. But then we like to add the all too all music video often. Although sometimes we've also had like Gilmore Girls play during That's the Way I Loved You, or we've had Euphoria play before Better Than Revenge. So music videos, but also like TV shows and stuff like that. 
so fun. So fun. And it started with just one event, but it's it's kept going. I think Taylor Swift is is an artist for all the seasons for any time of year. We're always ready to to hear her music. So tell us more about how and when this idea came about. I briefly remember you kind of planning and launching that first one. And I, I'm so proud to see how far it's come. So what was that like in the beginning and planning the very first dance party? Yeah, it was certainly never something we thought would be what it became. But so at the time, it was late 2021. And so we were still in kind of pandemic lockdown mode. And this video went viral of a girl in Australia dancing to Mr. Perfectly Fine in a club. And she just seemed so happy and joyful. And it was just a song you don't often hear in a club. And so that that's why that went viral. And it obviously hit our timeline as well. And a few friends and I were just like, what if we did this here? And in the comments of that video, of course, there was like, oh, I wish this was me. I wish this was happening in my city. And, and enough of those comments said Toronto. And so, yeah, so a couple of friends and I were like, well, well let's do this. And originally it was just going to be a fundraiser for like, you know, maybe if each of us bring 10 friends, we could fill a small bar and then we'd make it a fundraiser for the Daily Bread Food Bank and people would bring a can of food and then we donate it. And then we realized People probably don't want to bring a can to a night out. So let's make it just a regular fundraiser with tickets. And then that sold out in a matter of minutes. And then we immediately launched a second one and that sold out in a matter of minutes. And then we launched a third one and that one also sold out. And so that's kind of when we were like, okay, where do we go from here? <laughs> you had great momentum right off the start. That's awesome. And I feel like you, I mean, I'm already just saying, hey, if each of us brings 10 friends, this is going to be a success. It's almost like you had your marketing hat on. I know you are a marketer by day. So how have you been able to apply some of your your skills that you already had? I mean, you're a diehard Swifty, but you also are a marketer and you've worked in event planning. So how have those skills come in handy for this and how have you applied them? Yeah, it's been a really amazing sort of right time, right place experience on so many different levels, one of which is that my friends and I happen to have the right skill set for something like this to happen successfully. So, you know, you know, Avish, and he was a co-founder and he works in partnerships full time. And he also happened to sort of have connections in Toronto's nightlife industry already. And then I work in marketing and social media and uh, and partnerships as well. And then Miri works in communications. And so between all of us, we just happen to conveniently have all the skill set that we needed to make this a success. So it's, it's all come in handy. And it's also, you know, I was freelancing for a while before launching this. And so I've been become very used to like scrappy marketing where it's like, you know, Canva files and it's a Google drive and it's, you know, <laughs> it's doing a lot with the bare minimum. And that has been really instrumental in allowing us to scale and grow and be nimble and like try new things in a way that maybe a bigger company wouldn't have been able to. So there's a lot of sort of stars aligning in that regard. Yeah, I'm sure with each event, there's there's learnings that you can apply to make the next one even better 50 events later. So mm -hmm. what has it taken to promote these and get these off the ground? I know you said the first one sold out in a matter of minutes and they've been selling out, but what else have you had to do to, to spread the word and get people excited about these parties and to, to fill these clubs? It's been a lot of tapping into the, well, of course, tapping into the excitement around Taylor, but also tapping into the excitement around smaller things within the Taylor fandom as we went. So the first one we launched was around when she re-released Red, Taylor's version, and the All Too Well 10 Minutes version just came out. And so one of our earliest staples was playing the full 10 minute All Too Well at the event, which some club owners were like, you're nuts for 
wanting to play a 10 minute long slow song in a club, but people loved it and people scream every single word. So there's been that. And then in terms of how we've marketed, TikTok is just an incredible algorithm driver. We needed people in certain cities and we needed people who like Taylor Swift. And TikTok is really good at seeing those two things and just pushing us to them. We didn't actually spend a dollar on paid ads until like we had already done like 20 events, I think. So we were really, really fortunate in terms of being able to get content that reached people through TikTok. And then interestingly, though, we found that Instagram was where we actually sold tickets. So we would get TikToks that would reach, you know, a million people and that would make us well known. But it wouldn't be until they transfer that audience to Instagram where we actually found sales would be happening. So that's been an interesting one. Yeah. Any idea why that might be just... Instagram maybe is more conducive for a checkout type of experience or any any theories about that? That's really interesting. Yeah, I I would say that's definitely part of it. TikTok definitely doesn't like you to leave the platform. I think there's something about TikTok being more like you get absorbed in the scrolling and you maybe save it for later thinking you're going to go back, but maybe you don't. Whereas Instagram is more does feel a bit more actionable, even though you are scrolling, you're used to doing stories, clicking links and bios, things like that. They also have a lot of good features like being able to put a timer on a post to get a reminder. So if you say tickets on sale Friday at 10 a.m., people can hit a reminder. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'd say those kind of all all lead into that. Yeah, that's so that's so cool. I never really thought about how those differences may exist between both platforms to have such an audience, but to actually convert them on a different platform is really cool. But I know that on TikTok, you have gotten the attention of the queen herself, Taylor Swift. So tell us about some of those interactions. Maybe the first time she noticed all of these dance parties happening. What have been those interactions from Taylor herself? Okay. So I think there's been three now and every single one sends us to the floor shaking. (laughs) But the first one was actually, um, so another thing that when when you asked about kind of what what have we done to market these, but actually don't think I fully answered that question. So to kind of dive back into that, it does lead into this because we don't have like a a boss above us or a company, we we can do do experiments and we can do things that, you know, if I had to explain to a boss, Hey, I want to try this out because I think it'll lead to sales this way. It would have been axed on the floor. Like the ideas would have been axed, but we're more willing to do stuff just because it's cool. And so the big first example I think of that was Taylor announced that she was going to be coming to the Toronto International Film Festival and we're very conveniently all located in Toronto. And so we were like, okay, she's going to be here. Like we have to do something. We have to like, I don't care if it's us standing outside of the sign. We wanted to throw some kind of like street party knowing that she was going to be in this building on this time. We need to know that she hears us. And so our DJ actually had a relationship with a bar that was literally across the street from the theater that she was going to be in. And so that like kind of spilled out onto the street. And so we just basically did a, a takeover on the street of that. And it was a free event. So this is one of those examples where we knew we weren't going to make any money. And in fact, we were going to have to put our own money in to not make anything. But it was so cool because like everyone on the street started stopping and like dancing with us. And like we kids like the the bar had sort of a, a balcony kind of that went out onto the street and then we had a big sign above the bar that said we love taylor or toronto loves taylor and so yeah so we did so this like gorilla stunt right outside the red carpet in a in a bar and then she liked that video she we posted a video on tiktok and like hey we rented a bar to to welcome toronto taylor to toronto and she liked that video because that was the first one the second one was one of our attendees came dressed as a crumpled piece of paper lying on the floor (laughs) 
They stayed on the floor the whole night, right? <laughs> a good portion of it. They definitely committed. But yeah, it was like a whole bunch of crumpled paper like all over her. And so we posted a video of that and she, what did she call it? Just something, something in approval. Like this is amazing. Oh my God. And, and yeah, so that was incredible. And then the third one was shortly after Midnight's had come out, we did an event in Kingston, Ontario, and it was to Karma. And the whole place was just yelling the song. And this was when the song was really brand new. And so she replied in all caps, just like, what? Like, and admittedly, it is, it, the video does really show just how energetic the atmosphere is. And especially to her new song, I'm sure it felt good for her to be able to kind of scroll past and see how much her music is connecting with people in, in this space. That's incredible. I'm waiting for the day where she surprises you all and, and shows up the next time she's in Canada. I think it'll happen. She knows you're, you're there. She loves to surprise and delight like that. I think it's going to happen. I love that you touched on you know what you did for, for Midnight's, how you've been able to kind of evolve these a little bit, introduce new albums, new songs. She keeps gifting us with with new content, new songs to enjoy. So what was that like knowing she was launching a new album? Did you... Did you all go back to the drawing board and kind of think, how can we incorporate this a little bit? How have you kind of adapted to what she's doing currently and keeping up with the latest and greatest with Taylor? We've had sort of eras to our branding. So our initial branding was very much based off the red album. It was like red and gold. And then for the summer, we sort of transitioned into our cool summer era where we had a lot of pastel pink and blue. And then as soon as Midnight's came out, we were like, okay, redoing everything. And then we turned our branding into more like navy blue with like silver stars all over it and stuff like that. So we've we've sort of like evolved our own eras to match hers. It's always a guessing game of when she comes out with her own content, is she going to, is that going to mean people are less interested in us or more interested? Like it's like we've kind of been tiding people over while they wait for tour or while they wait for an album. Are they still, still going to want to be engaged with us when she's the queen herself is doing this stuff? Yeah. And so it's always a guessing game, but so far it's, it's only amplified people's engagement with us because they, I think even when she's producing her own content, it's not like, we certainly all didn't get tickets. Yeah. We, uh, <laughs> we weren't all able to go to album release parties. So we threw our own album release party and we threw, and we've continued to throw those. So uh, we've definitely tapped into her different eras in a big way like that, but then also small ways, whenever something happens, we like to put it on our story on our Instagram and engage as if we were just like a regular fan account, as if. Like when she went to the Grammys this weekend, we posted a photo of her being like, oh my God, she looks great. And kind of kind of things like that, where we're just engaging with the fandom authentically ourselves as fans. Yeah. We always want more, don't we? <laughs> I think even as she's announcing new things, it just gets us even more, more excited. Mm -hmm. uh, so I would love if you could take us there, take us to what these events are like. As someone who has unfortunately never been, I am hoping to to go one of these days, but describe the scene, describe the energy and what have been some of your favorite moments from hosting these events. So the energy is just like, unlike anything I've experienced before. And that's even from the very first one, like our first one was in a basement of a venue and it was not even fully packed because it was still kind of COVID time. So we didn't want to, we wanted to play it safe. And even then I just remember being, like getting shivers about how incredible this was. Yeah. One of the things that we often hear about our events from our attendees is that it's like the safest they've ever felt in the club. And that's always the thing that like chokes me up even. Yeah. Nightlife spaces aren't always the place where 
women feel the safest. And so to get that comment is just really, really powerful. And I think it has a lot to do with, and even men love our events. Um, I think nightlife has become this place that's so heavily rooted in like flex culture and, and, you know, women are used as bait to get the higher spending men to come. And there's a lot of like icky kind of aspects to it. And the fact that these events, you know, women buy their own ticket, women buy their own drinks generally when they're there. It's just very, it flips so much of what we come to expect of nightlife on its head. And and that creates a space where like people just feel so free to like scream the lyrics and dress as a crumpled piece of paper and just genuinely have fun with their friends. No one's trying to impress each other. There was a long time where liking Taylor Swift was sort of considered like cringy or embarrassing or like, oh, you're a horse girl or whatever. I don't know. And so the fact that you can just come somewhere and unashamedly share your excitement with each other is just like the most magical, wonderful thing. So I think that's, I guess, the energy. I also think it's, it's a, we found it to be a very accepting space where people are more comfortable going to this alone and then making friends when they're there, which I I love. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. So that's the energy. Oh, and in terms of like moments, we had a proposal at one uh, to paper ring. ring. That was very cool. Of course. We've had lots of bachelorettes and birthdays and, and just like standout characters. We like to call it main character energy or main character moments where we, somebody just this weekend hand bejeweled a jacket with her face on it with like a mosaic jeweled Taylor Swift face on the back of the jacket, which must have taken hours. Yeah. There's just been so many moments that it's often somebody in the audience just went all out and that's those are probably all my favorite moments yeah and i love what you said about the safety of it and just you know that was kind of one of the early periods when we were just coming out of our homes a little bit and craving Mm -hmm. that interaction did you ever expect these to endure you know beyond the pandemic did you ever think like okay people are gonna get tired of these like they've got their fix like the fact that these are still going it's it's incredible yeah, we, we certainly never expected it to go this far or have this many events. Every month, I always think it's going to be like our last month because I'm like, surely people are going to get sick of us. It's going to be over. But they they keep they keep going. Yeah, yeah it's been far higher for sure. <laughs> mm-hmm, definitely. We've hit most of our like there were certain things that when we started to realize we had something really magical in front of us, there were certain little goals we kind of had in our mind. One being getting recognized by Taylor we've done that one was there's a venue in Toronto called Revel which is they they claim to be the largest nightclub in North America but I think it's on like a technicality because it's like three venues but we kind of set our sights on like that would be just unbelievable if we could get that so we've done that that venue twice now that was one of our goals we still want to meet Taylor we don't think that she'd ever actually come to one of our events per se but I would love if she like announced the Toronto date and we were able to like somehow even give her a gift or something yeah yeah so we're running out of goals I think at this point (laughs) I think the goal is to one thing we want other people to start feeling like they're a bigger part of it so we launched an ambassador program across the different cities and that's allowing people to be take more of a leadership position in their local communities that's really special yeah I think there's there's always going to be an appetite for this even once Taylor stops if she ever stops putting out new music i just think about all these like boy band nostalgia tours that are still going they're coming back to the same cities and even some of the members that are in groups that aren't really releasing new albums like they do all these like medley tours where like some members of in sync some members of 
of 98 degrees or LFO and it's still going and it's, it's a blast. So I'm hopeful this is going to keep going to the point where I'll get to go to one eventually, but you, you briefly touched on this. Tell us about some of the causes that you've been able to support. It's been really wonderful to, to see and, and hear about this. I'd love to know more. Yeah. So I, like I mentioned earlier, like we began as just a straightforward fundraiser when we only thought we were going to run like one or two of these. And so the first, I think, three or four events, we donated everything. And then when we turned it into like sort of a small company, we've continued to donate a portion of the revenue from every single event to different charities. And so some of the causes, there was a daily bread food bank. There's been Planned Parenthood several times. There's been UNICEF for their, their Ukraine fund, Canadian Cancer Society, Movember, wow. uh, an Indigenous women's organization. Oh, CAMH, which is like a big mental health organization. They actually reached out to one of our venues and our venues reached out to us and we did a whole collaboration event. So that event was entirely in partnership with them. I'm definitely missing a few, but some LGBT organizations. Yeah. Yeah, so a lot. We we switch up the charities. That's really great to be able to take something that brings people so much joy just as an event itself. Like even that is a public service, I think. But then to add this layer onto it to be able to to give back, you should be you should be so proud of of what this is and what you've turned it into, and you know, just bringing fans together, but also making a difference in the way that that you're doing it is is great. So. What is next for TS or excuse me for T Swift Dance Party Canada? Are you bringing it elsewhere? What are some of your other future goals? We debate this all the time because we we are like we always think it's going to end. We're like, oh, surely people aren't going to be interested in us six months from now. And so we try to never plan that far in advance. Last summer we did a tour where we brought DJ Raj, who's well known on TikTok as like a Swifty DJ. And so we flew him in to Toronto for the month for just over a week and we packed him back to back with shows and uh, people love that collaboration. So we'd consider maybe doing another one of those this year. So having like a guest DJ, we've dabbled in other artists. People ask us all the time if we'll do One Direction and Harry Styles is the one that we get asked the most. And, we, and we've done a few events like that. And I think we'll do a few more. We do get asked if we'll do like Justin Bieber or Wonder or, or The Weeknd or Beyonce and, and to those artists I would argue that if you want to hear like Beyonce in a club for example you just go to a club and <laughs> you hear that at every club I think our niche has really been one keeping a tailor focused because that's what inspired this all and, it, and it's authentically who we love but also just an artist that you don't typically hear in clubs I think that's a big part of the magic so we don't really want to stray too far from that we've also been asked about K-pop but candidly I don't think that I would be the right person to run that because I don't have a history of being like a K-pop fan, but I would love to see like, I think if anyone can organize the fandoms, it would be the K-pop stands because they tend to be <laughs> very organized. So I can only imagine what they, they could put together. And as for what else, we're, we're really excited to see where this ambassador program goes. Because I think once people start to feel more ownership in their own communities, it will provide sort of outlets to do other things like they're already coming up with other ideas they've they've started taking like these like making these giant polaroid photos and taking a photo in front of the audience with them yeah so i think we're just kind of taking it event by event yeah. for the most part right now we are going to vegas and we want to kind of see if Ooh. maybe we'll do something at the show or not at the show but like for the show for the fans oh that's where your eras your eras tour show is yes that's, that's where we managed to get some tickets and oh. we know a bunch of people going so we're thinking like after party, 
Yeah. yeah. I mean, in Vegas, I'm sure there's going to be no shortage of people that want to, that want to continue and keep the party going. So that is awesome. And, you know, now that you bring it up, you're right. I mean, Taylor, her music, it's, it's so popular, arguably the, one of the, the biggest stars on the planet yet her music isn't played in clubs. It's like, how has she been able to do this without that piece of it? I just love that you're bringing that energy to the club and then letting people kind of dance, dance it out. I think it's, it's just so fun. So. Yeah. I'm hoping it, it brings forward like a reevaluation of what we consider cringe. Cause I, I, I was doing another interview and they asked me like, if there's one word that I could use to describe this experience or like to describe these events, the one word that I really wanted to blurt out and I have to kind of explain it, but it, the word was cringe, but in the reclaiming sense, like I love that, our events are a little uncool in the sense that, you know, like I mentioned earlier, you're not flexing on each other. And so I love that these events to be cringe, I think in this day and age is to care about something is to like have the guts to do something. And so I think, yeah, I just, I love that it's music you don't often hear in a club, although you are, are increasingly now. I think that there's been, I'm hoping these events are contributing to a general culture shift about what it means to go have a night out and what it means to like go to the club. Like now you're hearing ABBA in clubs all the time. You're hearing, yeah. We always want to do like a Disney or a Y2K. You're hearing a lot of Y2K. Nostalgia is a big part of the culture, like you mentioned. And so there's a lot of, I think you are going to hear more Taylor in the club. Yeah, I, I I agree. I feel this this shift happening. I mean, I was even reading up on how non-alcoholic drinks are becoming really big at, at bars and clubs. I think people are craving a different type of experience a little bit. And mm -hmm. what you've done, I mean, you've given people, again, that safe space to be unapologetic about what they love, to celebrate it. As a boy band fangirl, I get it. I appreciate it being one of those in my 30s and being loud and proud about it. So yeah, it's interesting that you're contributing to this shift that I think has been wanted for a, a long time. And you should be really proud of it. Thank you. It's definitely been one of the, the best things I've ever or most fulfilling things I've ever been a part of and, and hopefully we'll see boy band nights as well we have been asked about that um, <laughs> the start, but then although one thing that's really helped these events be successful I, I think is Taylor taps into both nostalgia but she also taps into modern day like what's trending right now and so being able to have so many different generations loving Taylor at once has been a big part of what's not only made Taylor herself successful but these events because we have the university students and the the 30 plus year olds kind of coming up together. We've also had parents come out and bring their children. And yeah, yeah. it has levels. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, you know, going back to, you know, the word to describe it, you know, cringe being kind of the word of the year, it reminds me of Taylor's speech that she gave at NYU, where she said it's important to embrace cringe. And that's just something that stuck out to me that we're always going to look back and think things we did were cringy. So we might as well live in the moment and have fun along the way. So that's exactly, exactly what you're doing. And I can't wait to either get myself to Canada or just see you. And I don't know, maybe I need to just go to Vegas without a ticket. It doesn't sound like something I'm, <laughs> it sounds like something I would do. So yeah. We'd love to have you either in Toronto or Vegas come out. We'll have a VIP spot ready. And oh, you. thank you. Thank you. That'd be so fun. So is there anything else you'd like to add? Anything we didn't cover today? Any 
Any upcoming events? Maybe if people are in Toronto and are listening? Well, coming up, we have St. John's, which is sold out. We have Halifax coming out, if you happen to have East Coast fans. And then we are adding another date in Ottawa. We're coming to Windsor and Kingston again, probably. So those are a few. And then Toronto also. We're going to book another Toronto date at some point. But we'd love to do like another big event. So we'll see what we what we pull together to that. Sounds good. And where can everyone follow you to keep up with all the dates and everything going on? So our Instagram is probably always the best, but we're on Instagram and TikTok at T-Swift Dance Party CA. And that's where you'll find all the information. We also have T-Swift Dance Party CA as a domain name. And as a marketer, you'll maybe be either disgusted or impressed that we actually didn't have a domain name for the first nine months in operation. <laughs> and then eventually we bought the domain name. So we have that now, T-Swift Dance Party CA. Perfect. Victoria, this was so fun. Thank you so much for coming on and chatting about it. It's been so fun watching you build this and I'm always cheering you on. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having us. If you're a fan of this podcast, be sure to subscribe or better yet, leave a review. For marketing wisdom with a pop culture twist sent straight to your inbox, sign up for my newsletter at briannefleming.com slash newsletter or find me on Twitter at Brianne2K. As always, thanks for listening.